Hi there, you're listening to The Grapevine, CQ University's podcast. It is season five. You're with Mary Bolling today on the Melbourne campus, and we're here with the woman who makes it all happen. <laughs> Lara Carton, welcome to The Grapevine. Thank you. So you joined CQ University as head of Melbourne campus back in 2012 um, after a lot of experience in private education. But I want to ask you about that moment where you took on a job for Central Queensland University in the heart of Melbourne. (laughs) How were you feeling about that? That's a funny question. Um, I had worked uh, at a campus that was directly opposite CQ Uni when we're down on Lonsdale Street and I had come out of a consulting background, had moved into private education, which seemed kind of understandable because it was about commercial selling of a product and then I thought oh actually I really like this head higher education thing I'll go and work for a public university and uh, CQU had a, a campus director job open and I thought I could probably do that I know nothing about international students though and there seemed to be a lot of international students there Anyway, one thing led to another and I was fortunate enough to, to have this job and it's been an amazing seven years. But I just want to correct you because I'm not the person that makes everything happen here. <laughs> um, we have an extraordinary uh, team of people both on the campus and engagement team, but importantly across the academic and the student experience and all of the support services. So I am just one little piece of this um, successful team. It is a very successful team and you say you took that first job by crossing the road but pretty quickly you were crossing the whole city as the campus grew and you moved from that original premises down to where we are today across the road from Spencer Street so I think at that stage there were maybe three and a half thousand students and 150 staff did you just put them all in a box and carry them over? (laughs) No, we didn't. In fact, we it was a long, detailed planning um, process and um, DFM were integral to doing that. Strangely, though, I had had a lot of practice at doing this. Um, okay. For, I think, the past four or five jobs before this, I have ended up being responsible for moving businesses. So I had previously moved a higher education institution to two different campuses, and I had moved a large state government department to new premises before that. So I'd had a bit of experience with planning out um, office layouts and organising logistics. This was on a, a slightly different scale, but um, it was a lot of fun and, and what an amazing new campus we got. It, I think it really gave everyone a, a fresh um, sense of enthusiasm and professionalism when we moved to such a lovely campus. Was it something you mentioned in the job interview that you still had all the cardboard boxes from the previous <laughs> move that you could bring along with you? No, but possibly I, I should have. I, I didn't honestly think we would get the chance to move quite so quickly. I remember when I first, the first time I met Scott Bowman, um, our old vice chancellor, and I won't give you his exact words, but it was uh, up in Rockhampton and he stuck his hands out. I don't think he even, I don't, don't think he even said, hi, my name's Scott, but he said, your campus looks like leap and um and I said yes I know what are we going to do about that uh and so I think it was I think the plans to to move the campus were probably in the back of a few people's minds even when I first started oh good to be on the same page that does sound a lot like Scott yes (laughs) now apart from um your experience in education and when you first came on 
to CQ Uni, you had um, some very recent other experience that I'd love to hear about because you had two-year-old twins when you took that job. Now, one two-year-old is just <laughs> just a um, whirlwind waiting to happen, but you had two of them at home. How was that informing your approach to work and to life even? Oh, Mary, it's probably fair to say I don't actually remember what my life was like when I had two-year-old twins. I think the whole thing was still a bit of a blur. I'm really fortunate in that my husband has always been the person who's done the majority of work with our kids. Uh, and so that allows me to travel and, and work long hours, which is amazing for us, but amazing for the kids in particular. Uh, but I think what it does is give me a greater appreciation of how much balancing goes on in everybody's life. That no matter how much um, as a, an employer we might want people to focus and have workers as a primary focus, there is so much going on behind the scenes with bringing up kids and looking after parents and, you know, all of those other community-related activities that go on. So I think um, it's given me a better perspective on maybe how to be a, a good manager of people and recognise that everyone is juggling a lot of balls at any one time. <laughs> I wonder when you first got onto campus and started meeting the staff um, and you told me you were quite upfront with them, that the twins were at home and um, you do have to get back to them on a daily basis. Yeah. What, what was the response like? I remember the first day I started and, and going into the tea room at Lonsdale Street and talking to a group of maybe 30 or so staff. Many of them were, were women and youngish women. And I, I said something about, you know, I'm, I've got two-year-old um, twins at home and so I won't be, you know, working back here till seven o'clock at night and I'll be out the door. Um, but you know, I'm expecting that we'll all be able to get a great job done together. And, and there was sort of a, a small round of applause and a few cheers from some of the women. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's, that's interesting that, um, that people are really looking for, for leaders or managers to talk about the challenges of balancing a family and, and work life. And I certainly came into an environment where everyone was really, um, it felt like quite a family and people really wanted to know how the kids were and they talk about their kids and that's continued on. You know, there are still people at this campus that have been here for a long time and have seen my kids grow up in that time, which has been really lovely. That's brilliant. And, yeah, the, the more rounds of applause in the tea room, the better, I reckon. <laughs> it doesn't it's happen often enough. Campus life. <laughs> so you had a growing campus on your hands, you had growing twins and then a new baby in the form of social innovation. Mm. <laughs> Tell us about how you came to be holding that new baby for CQU. Well, I I count myself pretty lucky to be holding the, the social innovation baby as such. You know, the, the idea to bring social innovation to the uni came about from a couple of different places. First of all, Ailsa Lamont, our, our old PVC international knew about Ashokuyu and thought that that was something that would really fit well with our engagement agenda. And between she and, and Julie Roberts, they had really led the charge to get us the Ashokuyu membership. And um, around the same time, I had been working on the Big Idea Social, Innovate, uh, Social Enterprise competition because it seemed like a really good way to get our students competing with other national universities and, in, in truth, to raise our profile um, I didn't know an awful lot about social innovation or social enterprise at the time, but I knew a lot about business plan competitions. Uh -huh. And 
uh, we had the most extraordinary team of students in that first year. I think it was 2014. And uh, the team that won the big, uh, big Idea competition with the Pallet House, which was an amazing, eco-friendly, um, build-it-yourself house that could be set up anywhere after a natural disaster, built out of recycled packing pallets. Um, and three young undergraduate engineering students from Rockhampton had this incredible project and they completely knocked the socks off the judges uh, when they presented at the finals competition. And after that, I was hooked. I could just see how great this was for our students, how it allowed them to bring their discipline, their engineering or their, their accounting degrees and actually see how they could make a difference in the world. And I was completely hooked. I can remember just how exciting that was and especially for, I think it was Jess and Angus and Madison who were those winners. They were in Melbourne. The ABC was wanting to talk to them. They, everyone wanted to know about their project. How did that change your perspective on what this opportunity could open up for all our students? It was really the first time I had got to meet regional students uh -huh. uh, and so that was really interesting for me. I, I knew a lot about international students and what some of their challenges and opportunities were but I didn't know a lot about our regional students and to talk to that team Maddie and, and Jess and Angus and understand what life was like studying in you know, a regional city um, that the limitations around you know just getting to Brisbane as a capital city let yeah. alone getting to Melbourne and I just saw their eyes open and and for them it, it really was the whole package of the experience. It wasn't just winning the competition. It was presenting to Andy Penn, the CEO of Telstra. It was coming down to PwC and presenting in this amazing corporate environment and seeing that for the first time. These are experiences that so many of our students will never get. Yeah. Um, and so I think that they would probably look back on that and, and say it was life-changing. And the three of them have gone on to the most incredible things. You know, Jess is not only a brilliant engineer in, in Brisbane, but she runs um, a program to uh, to get young female high school students to study engineering. Madison's off in the States doing postgraduate studies. Right. And Angus is working, I think, for Rockhampton City Council um, in an engineering capacity, they've all gone on to be so successful um, uh, after they've left CQU and it's great to have been part of that. Yeah, you'd like to think they'd walk a bit taller having <laughs> having had that amazing win so early in their careers. Yes. I wonder those students and then a lot of social innovation students since and of course all the international students on Melbourne campus, has working so closely with students ever made you think back about your own student experience and how that's different? Do you, did you know who your head of campus was when you were studying, for instance? Oh, that's an interesting question. I've never thought about that. Um, no, I didn't. I had no idea who ran the university, which is funny because both my parents worked at universities and I, I grew up running around Monash University uh, over the summer holidays. Right. But I had never thought a lot about who was running the universities mm -hmm. I was studying at. I'm not an exemplary student. Um, <laughs> I was a bit sort of leave it to the last minute. So it is interesting to reflect back and to also be able to empathise with our students and know it's really hard. It's so hard being a full-time student. It's really hard being a part-time student and trying to combine that with um, with work. Uh, and I do think that's where you know, we've got a lot of staff that are studying at the mm -hmm. campus at the moment. What a great thing for our students to know, that our staff know how hard it is to go through all of this. 
but it's worth it at the end. It would make a big difference, definitely. I wondered, since those early days of social innovation and that first big idea competition win, what have some of your highlights been for the social innovation agenda since then as it's really just grown and grown and grown? Look, for us, I think some of the highlights have been seeing those individual students come through and either get involved in the big idea competition or do the graduate a certificate in social innovation or come along to one of our residential studios and and how it's just changed their perspective on what they can do and also changed some of their career opportunities. So, you know, we've seen students come through. I think of one student, Shirley Boone, came through, did the graduate certificate in social innovation, then did project management and now works for the Big Idea magazine herself. Oh, wow. So I, I see that um, it has really sparked ideas in students and they now see working in the not-for-profit sector or the full-purpose sector where they can make a difference to their world and, and other people's world, that they see that as a genuine career option. And I just think that that's a measure of success. It doesn't matter how many students we get going through, it's the ones that actually go on to do amazing things that I think are really a measure of our success. I guess that's a real um, hard balance to strike, having the the ideas and the enthusiasm in the first place, but then having all those support structures to actually get them across the line. And do you see CQU as becoming that support structure essentially for our bright and enthusiastic students? Oh, absolutely. I mean, CQU is the only Australian university that has has made the leap to be a change maker campus. Um, that in itself just shows the level of commitment um, that the university has. And there's so much work that goes on um, to embed these social innovation skills into our curriculum, to put um, extracurricular activities on and have them led by other students. I think if you wanted to um, to combine your, your academic skills with having a for-purpose approach, you couldn't go past CQ University. And seeing the work that we do, particularly in regional areas with some of our community partners, what an amazing opportunity to get your hands dirty and actually put these skills to practice. Yeah, and for those students who are then going to work in those regions, it's an instant network of connections and potential places where they can take the skills and you know continue on down yeah, that path that's absolutely true well I guess I've asked the highlights of what's happened in the past five years of social mm. innovation but um, 2015 was when you moved to this bright sparkling new campus at Spencer Street in Melbourne um, what have been the highlights since then on campus oh this campus has just it's gone from strength to strength and I think those people who know me um, know that I'm competitive and ambitious for this campus to be a success and we, we've quadrupled in, in student numbers over the past couple of years and wow. we've seen you know the same growth in our um, staff and I think the things that I'm most pleased about are just how um, we've brought on such amazing uh, senior level academic staff to work with students. Probably to a lot of people outside the Melbourne region at CQ Uni, they think of Melbourne as a purely international campus. And we do have a lot of international students mm. here. But um, I understand the offerings for local students have been growing in recent years. 
Yeah, look, the the big highlight, of course, for us is the Bachelor of Medical Sonography, which mm-hmm. honestly is just the most exciting program. Once we get students in the door and they see that you can scan body parts and, you know, see babies growing or, you know, see um, major organs, you know, it's one of those fantastic hands-on programs uh-huh. that just gets people really... A highlight really, of Open Day. <laughs> absolute highlight of Open Day. It does make it pretty hard for a Bachelor of Business to compete in terms of first impression interest factor. But some of the other programs that we're delivering, particularly through distance education, are just going gangbusters. The Bachelor of Nursing, for example, in Victoria uh-huh. is doing so well. And we're just about to um, start work on developing a nursing clinic uh, out of Hamilton in regional Victoria that once we've got it accredited through ANMAC will allow us to de- develop residential uh, skills labs for nursing students in Victoria and, and the sort of southern part of, of Australia. And that's an amazing opportunity. You know, if you live in a small regional town in Victoria, I know Victoria might seem like a small state, but it can still be two hours, two and a half hours to get to the nearest university. That doesn't make it possible for, for people to study to be a nurse. And so it also means that all of those hospitals and communities unable to keep up with um, with getting great quality nurses because people don't come and move there um, very often. So to be able to train students locally is just incredible. And I think one of the things that I'm happiest about at um, the work that we've been doing at the campus is growing our reach and our networks within Victoria and within Melbourne. Uh-huh. And we've got this amazing um, uh, space at Melbourne Um, a big workspace and function space that allows us to invite people into the campus. And we never had that luxury in the Lonsdale Street campus. It means that we can host guest lectures. It means that we can host events with major partners such as social traders who were involved within the social innovation space. means that our researchers can have great research presentations and we can run the five-minute research pitch We can do all of these fantastic things that allow us to really prove to the community that we are um, a full-service university and not simply a teaching site for international students. Uh, And it's all of those extra bits that we offer to students in our community that I think I'm really, I'm the most proud of, um, along with the growth in our student numbers. Um, one one very small but very delicious element of all those connections is when an event is held on campus, so often the catering is from local social enterprise as well, which is a big part of our um, social procurement strategy at CQ Uni. Have you enjoyed growing those connections with these <laughs> amazing feast of uh, <laughs> providers around Melbourne? Oh, look, who wouldn't enjoy um, growing the relationships with great catering providers? We're so lucky in Melbourne and I think sometimes we forget just what an incredible array of food we've got available Mm -hmm. Um, but particularly in the social enterprise space you know we've got so many um, catering businesses who either train or employ people who might otherwise not get a job or not be eligible for training opportunities and they train them to be professional chefs Mm -hmm. they train them to be professional front of house staff and so we've got a couple of great social enterprises, particularly the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre, which gives employment to uh, um, asylum seekers who wouldn't otherwise be eligible um, for a range of services. 
and the food is incredible. <laughs> Honestly, I look forward to hosting events here where we do get um, some of these caterers in and it's just beautiful and the level of professionalism is great. And I think it is one of the standout things about our functions here. We are trying to grow the number of social enterprises, particularly caterers around our campus areas so that all of the campuses can enjoy the benefits of having social enterprise caterers come and help them at their functions. Well, in the meantime, I feel like a few listeners might be booking their next trip to Melbourne for a CQ Uni campus event. Anyone, just, anyone just on that the basis wants, of that. anyone that wants to come to Melbourne and um, and wants to talk about food, I am always up for a conversation. Because of course, living in Melbourne is always a good place to talk about food generally outside of work Lara tell us about what you get up to and does does it ever involve food it involves a lot of eating of food but it involves a fair bit of cooking of food so I don't have a lot of time during the week but on the weekend food is my passion so my weekend starts with a quarter past six trip to uh, the Queen Vic Market every uh-huh. Saturday morning where I do all of our our food shopping we rarely go to a supermarket these days and um, one week it, it might be you know, cakes and pastries. Another week it might be, you know, a lovely cassoulet. Um, last night I was making pasta from scratch at home for um, wow. some lasagna that I'm cooking on the weekend. But I, I was recently, my love of cooking was reignited again recently. I was in Paris and my best friend surprised me there um, as a birthday surprise. She took me out to... Uh, a cooking class for six hours and so I spent all that time cooking a three-course meal with our um, chef trainer and it was just the most amazing thing so I've come back inspired so my passion at the moment is souffles 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 yes have you had one rise yet I have had a number of souffles rise so on the weekend I'm going to make a massive chocolate souffle for anyone who's around (laughs) and um, uh, but I'm enjoying making cheese souffle at the moment It's awfully hard to um, manage a healthy diet, though, when you enjoy cooking. (laughs) Well, it sounds like everyone around you is benefiting. Does that that passion feed into a future career, do you think? With all this new expertise in social innovation that you've built for the past few years, could you end up being that social enterprise caterer? (laughs) Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't think that that's for me at the moment. What we are trying to do in Melbourne, though, is I want to get a coffee cart um, on the campus. We've had them occasionally where we've hired coffee carts to come in and be staffed. But because we support uh, our international students to do barista training and hospitality training so that they can get their first part-time job in Australia, I'm really keen to try and get a coffee cart at the campus where our students can be employed maybe for an hour or a couple of hours a day to um, to make coffee for staff and other students. We've got so many cafes around, but our, our staff and students are always leaving to go and get coffee. I think we could probably support a coffee cart on campus. Wow, watch this space. That watch this space. very exciting. Yeah, I'll be the first customer. <laughs> yes, the first and possibly the second someday. <laughs> Sometimes even the third, yeah. <laughs> We've talked a bit about events on campus and the event calendar at Melbourne and really the event calendar across the CQ University footprint is always so full. Mm. If people were thinking of experiencing one of the CQ Melbourne events, what's top of your list? What should they really do? Well, the big one for us is Melbourne Knowledge Week where we partner with the City of Melbourne each year to to run a public event 
uh, which is normally about new ideas. How can we showcase new ideas? And we tend to take normally a social innovation approach. So we might bring in high school students and do a design thinking workshop or something like that. But these events are always available to our staff. But really, I'd say to anyone who's coming through Melbourne or thinking of coming to Melbourne, come down to the campus. Uh, I think anyone who's been here would say we're generally pretty friendly and pretty professional. But I think particularly for people who haven't experienced one of our metropolitan campuses, immerse yourself in it. Get to know what it's like dealing with international students. Uh, Get to see a different perspective. We don't um, always know enough about our regional campuses, but if you get the chance, come on down, come and meet us and uh, we'll always make space for you and show you around and tell you where to get the best coffee. (laughs) Hopefully soon at a coffee cart right on Melbourne campus. Um, Obviously for all of our campuses, one of the biggest events is graduation and there have been some huge graduations here at Melbourne campus. Mm. We have to have them off-site because they're so big. What's been a favourite graduation moment for you or what is it you look forward to most about graduation day? Mm, I love graduation. Um, When I first started here, we used to have bagpipes lead graduation in. Bagpipes? Bagpipes. I I don't know why there were bagpipes. (laughs) It was a tradition. But unfortunately, the bagpipes make me cry. And um, graduation makes me a bit teary at the best of times. (laughs) So that combined with the bagpipes was just a recipe for, for disaster. So I'm sad to say the bagpipes go but it doesn't start me off crying but look I love our graduation this year we've got two graduation ceremonies in the one day because we're expecting around two and a half thousand um, people to be at each event because our international students in particular just see it as such a big celebration so the 9th of December in Melbourne great day for graduations please come and join us That sounds amazing. That date is already creeping up. I probably Mm. should let you go get onto that and a million other things that are happening at Melbourne campus. But uh, Lara Carton, it's been so lovely chatting to you on The Grapevine and thank you so much. Thanks so much, Mary. Like this podcast? Don't forget to rate, review and share with your friends.